love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everybody, this is Johanna Carroll, your host of Dialogue with Divinity. Our show is really committed not only to entertain you, but to bring you the wisdom keepers of our time and to have some fun at the same time. So for 30 years, I've been doing spiritual counseling. I also am an author, and I'm so happy today to have a fellow author who really is writing about things that are close to my heart and soul, which is romance, time travel, and reincarnation. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Deanna Jewell lives in the Pacific Northwest, and she writes multi-genre romance novels since 1991. She enjoys writing time travel and historical romance, and she's not afraid to talk about reincarnation in her books. She also works in her family business for over 23 years with her husband. So this is a woman who's got two jobs, like many of you. When she's not writing, Deanna enjoys gardening and traveling, where she finds new story locations and characters. She has two Siamese cats, Zoe and Sinbad, who keep them entertained, and Deanna loves hearing from her readers. So, Deanna, welcome to the X-Zone, and also welcome to Dialogue with Divinity. Thank you, Johanna. I'm happy to be here. So, um, I love the fact you, you are a girl after my own heart, because for many years I had two full-time jobs, so I can understand what that's like. So, how do you actually find time 
to do your writing. I know you said you've got all these characters that are talking to you and, you know, you've got your one accounting job and then you've, you've got your writing job. So how do you actually find the time? Are you writing in the evenings? I usually write in the morning before I go to the office. I'm at the office at 12, 1 o'clock, something like that. During tax season, we're there till midnight. So I, my mornings are for me and my writing and marketing and talking to readers. So let me ask you a question. I know you've got about five books out there and obviously lots more to come. And it's actually uh, called the Surrender Series of Romance Novels. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. So how did you... <laughs> Obviously, I think we all love romance, and I certainly love reincarnation, but how did you get started in blending these two together? I'm very curious about that. Reincarnation seems to be a thread that goes through all of my books. It wasn't planned that way. It's just something that happened. I think we all lived before, and to be able to bring that into my books, time travel seemed the easiest way to make that happen, to show that she did live before, they their souls are reincarnated in current times in book two. Okay, so you in the, the the series that you're doing, is it a continuation of the same story that seems to grow and grow, kind of like really what reincarnation really is? We come back, we do it again. Is that what's happening yeah. here? Okay. Yes, it is. When you think of reincarnation, and maybe this is part of the characters in your book, why do they have the desire or the need to actually reincarnate? And why do you think we as people do as well? I think our souls travel through time okay and they just connect with the souls that they were with in the previous life i do know you? not everybody believes that but i do okay i believe that so we're on the same page with that do you feel that um you know we live in all these multi-dimensional realities do you feel that in terms of the sense of time travel are these characters in your book as characters living on the earth, are we living in different time aspects at the same time that are concurrent? Or do you find that you're, you know, we go from one to the other to the other? Do we go back and forth? I don't think that we go back and forth, but we learn in our past life to do better and connect better with people in upcoming life. Okay. So there's been a lot of talk about um, past life regression and reincarnation. I know we've been very fortunate to have some wonderful experts in that field on our show, Dialogue with Divinity. When you think about reincarnation and past lives, and then you're creating these characters, how are they talking to you about what they want to bring forth? I mean, is this a continuation of the same story, or are they improving completely in a different time zone? I'd like to think that they're improving in the time zone they're in. Okay. And then some of the characters that they were with in their past life don't always come back as human. Some come back as Mm. animals and pets to still be around us. All right. I know that the animal kingdom is alive and very well and certainly happening in lots of multidimensional realities, heaven, universe, whatever you wish to call it. So, do you actually take a physical character and then they become the personality of an animal that there's relationship with in the next book of your, in your series? That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're going to go to break in a few minutes, but I, I know that um, obviously this is romance novels. I mean, <laughs> and everyone thinks that they're 
absolutely connected to one soulmate on this earth. What are your beliefs in that? Do you think that we have more than one soulmate or does this soulmate follow us from one lifetime to the other? I'm curious about that too. I think we might have more than one soulmate, but there's a small group of them that you meet throughout each life that mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. If that makes uh-huh. sense to people. Uh-huh. Well, I know in my own spiritual teachings, I believe we have anywhere from five to seven soulmates that are on assignment to us. And we're going to hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. This is Johanna Carroll. We're speaking with Deanna Jewell, who is all about romance, reincarnation, and time travel. So we're going to be right back. So don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. 
And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let the fun of dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Hi, everybody. It's Johanna Carroll with Deanna Jewell. We are talking today about romance and reincarnation. You can find all of our information about our shows on my website at johannacarroll.com. And also, please make sure you look at the listing of all of our wonderful hosts at xzbn.net. So, Deanna, welcome back. We were talking about soulmates. This is such a subject. I have so many people over the last 30 years that have called and said, who is my soulmate? Or they felt that they have met someone who they believe is their soulmate, and yet they're sort of a trickster around all of that. So why do you think people are so invested in the discovery of that? Is that going to make them whole again, happy again? What's that journey all about with the soulmate? I'd like to think that it makes you happy again. And in my stories, it happens like deja vu. You feel uh a kindred spirit with somebody that maybe you hadn't known in the current lifetime. And as you get to know them better, you realize that maybe they are the soulmate that you were connected with in the past because you have a lot in common. I've met a lot of people and certainly spoken to enough people that have said, I think I've met my soulmate and they've only spent like maybe five or 10 minutes. So there is sort of that soul recognition that happens. And and my own belief is that, when someone shows up in your life that is very familiar, on some level, you are recognizing the reflection of your own divinity. So the mate of your soul obviously starts with you. However, it's very common for people to say, oh my gosh, we love the same movies, the same food. And, and then after the honeymoon period of three months is over, <laughs> it starts to change. So that instant recognition, deja vu, it is a is it a desire? Or do you think it really is something that can occur for individuals, not just in your books, but in real life, too? I'm going to say it does happen in real life because I'm in that situation. And our honeymoon period is long gone, but we're still there. Yeah, you've been been together for 18 years. Okay. So when you first met your husband, did you have a deja vu moment? Did you have a soulmate connection? I think we did. We had so much in common because we met on the internet. It's okay to say. Of course. Um, We had a lot in common in our likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. We completed each other's sentences before we even met in person. Wow. It was was nice. It still works and we're still happy. We work together and we're finding more about each other every day. You know, I have to tell you, I um, I was married for the second time about five years ago, and I, you know, I had dated a lot and whatnot, and, you know, it wasn't that I was out there, where's my soulmate, because I sort of have a different viewpoint on that as far as the destiny of the divine, but I do remember that when I did meet my current husband, I knew there was something very unique and different about him, and it had nothing to do with... Um, 
his looks or anything like that. But I'll tell you what connected me with him. And maybe you had a similar experience. It was the sound of his voice, the vibration. So, you know, there's that connection of the soul that sort of sends out a signal or a frequency that I think people really need to pay attention to on some level. I, and so it kind of goes in with one of the things that, you know, we're going to chat about a bit today is finding love a second time. And I know in some of the spiritual teachings that I've studied from some of the great masters, and they really do talk about relationships, and they say that, you know, the second time around can be better because <laughs> hopefully you've learned, you know, your mistakes from the first one. So there's a lot more clarity. So this is a theme that's repeating in your books and I'm assuming in, in real life on some level. Why do you think finding love a second time is not necessarily better, but has long more longevity to it? What, what is the reason for that? I think we tend to find somebody that is on our level this time rather than the last time. Mm. We were, were not opposites like my first relationship was. He was one way, I was another, which mm -hmm. my husband was in the same situation. And now we don't have that anymore. We're on the same page. We know what's going to happen before it even happens almost. It's just kind of strange. And Finding love a second time happens with my characters because their first relationships ended badly and they don't think something can happen better for them. And it does. When you're writing, do you think that, I mean, are you personalizing a lot of this? This is coming from your own experience or are you getting guidance from the other side? Cause I know one of the things that you said that, um, when you're in your accounting job during the day, the characters in my head don't like it when I don't write. So where is that really coming, that inspiration coming from you? Is it a combination? It is. The, the fact first that we can work together, I it follows over into my character so that they can do things together, whether it's business or a lifetime or children, family relationships. They're just better connected. And when I'm at work, the people I talk to also create character motivation for me. I bet they do. Do they see themselves in your book sometimes? I try not to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big trade secret, right? Yes. I think a lot of people feel, whether it's through divorce or death or for whatever the circumstances, if they lose their soul mate, that there's, you know, kind of goes back to that second chance of being able to repeat it or having love again in your life so if someone's listening and they've kind of given up or they said you know i'll never i have i've had a lot of women who are, are widows say to me i'll never have another husband like the one i had so what's the point in even you know thinking about it if you were to speak be speaking directly to them right now what's the advice that you would give them to keep an open heart because it's going to happen when you least expect it and you're not even looking for it that is very did that happen to you yes it did because I was not looking, I was not interested in getting into another relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think that in the baby boomer generation, I don't know if you're part of that or not, but I certainly am. Um, yeah. We obviously there are a lot of women and I think it's really beautiful. We've been taught to be very independent. We've been taught to speak our own mind, to earn our own money, to have our own careers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the way I look at a soulmate is that 
if you're really open and receptive and you're not making it a job to go out and find a partner, when you surrender to the will of the divine, you actually get out of your own way and you're bringing someone in that's an interdependent relationship. It's very healthy, actually, because it's a supportive relationship. And I, for those of you that are listening, men and women, one of the biggest mistakes you can really make is if you start to compare your old love with a new person that might show up that might really be a wonderful companion or give you a new opportunity. So I do you believe and do you do this when you're building your characters in your books that there's different kinds of love? Yes, because both of us, there are in our past relationships, things that did work, but there were things that didn't work. And you have to know that the things that did work are still there and you still have feelings for those other people. But the current relationship, he supports me having my own occupation, having my own ideas. Mm -hmm. He's not threatened by any of that. And I pull that into the strength of my characters in the book for my female characters. I hope I do that for the male. Do you, are you giving the strength of character to the man in a different way in this sort of relevant 2016 world that we're living in right now? Is How powerful are they as the women or in how, in what way are they different? They tend to have their own occupations, their own jobs, their own money. They want to be independent and the men are not threatened by that. Okay. So that means the men within themselves, you're building very powerful characters as well. Right. I hope they if come across that way. Well, it sounds like they do, because I know you've got an incredible following and you've been writing since, what, 1991? I mean, you've been writing for a long time. I know part of the, your work, we'll talk about it in the next section, is, and this is really good advice for those of you who have been inspired to do any kind of writing. So, and and Deanna really has experienced this, as I have myself, both self-publishing and then publishing with a traditional publisher. But I want to go back to the whole concept of surrender. So there's something mystical and very magical that happens when we let go, let God, let spirit, let the universe, in my language anyway, and get out of our own way. Do you think a lot of women have put so many rules and regulations in their head, and, and possibly men as well, to be a certain way, look a certain way, do things a certain way. There's a real rigidity that comes with that. In your characters and what you've observed yourself in real life, what kind of flexibility is really needed to be open and receptive and to really surrender to the will of, of the divine so that that soulmate, that divine complement really can show up? It comes with a mentality that you don't always have to be first or on top or in front of the line or ahead of everybody else, step back and look at what is going on around you and know that you can still be top and still be up there with everybody, but not have to be right out in front and in everybody's face. Surrender yeah. to let everybody else have a part of it too. Yeah. I think another thing is to surrender to the competition. I, I really feel that, you know, the media on some level, even though it has tremendous value, it, it also, there's a little bit of brainwashing that goes on sometime. You know, if I don't use a particular kind of toothpaste or shampoo, there's something wrong with me. 
So I think a lot of women, though, and men have evolved beyond that in their maturity process, particularly from their soul's perspective. And yet, I know sometimes a lot of women will say, well, you know, look at this couple and look, everybody's happy and in a couple in a relationship, but me, but the reality is you're not in that relationship. So stop comparing yourself. So in, in terms of, you know, the whole concept of surrendering to the will of the divine, when you're doing your writing and even in your own personal life, what did you need to let go of? What did you need to surrender to? And what did you need to stop personally comparing yourself to maybe making sure that I'm heard in everything that my thoughts are always right because they're not be open to what others think in my personal relationship we talk about everything not one of us makes the decision we Mm -hmm. both talk about it and both make a, a partner decision yeah, so that to me is a, a mate of the soul or a divine compliment. You're really partnering in a very healthy way. Also, uh, one of the things, let me ask you a question, because this comes up a lot in relationships. Do you ever talk about finances in any of your books? I'm really curious. Because business and finances and, and how, you know, the house is run and X, Y, and Z, that is a real thorn in a lot of people's side. And I know a lot of women and men, you know, they're not particularly interested in sharing their wealth or their finances, particularly, you know, with a second marriage and that kind of thing. How do you, do you build that into your characters at all? We're going to answer that question and then we're going to take a quick break. I do have finances in my writing. Good. Um, the, the men still like to show that their woman doesn't need to work or doesn't have to have a job. But mm. I, they give them that opportunity to do that if they still want to. Okay, they we're going to hold stay that. Home. Okay, we're going to hold that thought. We'll be right back. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Fellsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere, Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program. 
dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Welcome back, everyone. This is Johanna Carroll. We're having a great conversation about relationships, romance, reincarnation, time travel, and we're talking about money right now. So for the those of you that are concerned about being in a relationship, either once again or the relationship that you're in right now, one of the subjects that all comes up a lot for me in my spiritual counseling that I do is the issue of finance and Deanna, that was really interesting before we went to break because the way you're developing your character is the woman is independent. She has her own money, et cetera, which is great. And the, the man obviously is uh, powerful and independent as well. But the man, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not important to him whether the wife, you know, has her money, he's fine with her staying home. Isn't that sort of an old paradigm? I'm not saying it's a bad one. It's an old traditional paradigm that, you know, in this day and age, is it really applicable? Are, are there a lot of women that would like to say, you know, I really don't want to work anymore. I want to stay home. What are your thoughts on that? I think personally, I would have a hard time doing that because I'm not somebody who can just sit home and do nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to have something to do, places to go, people that I deal with. There's still some relationships where one party is more controlling than the other, and that's hard to get through to the couple, I guess, to make let each other go their own way once in a while. 
Yeah, don't you be use afraid a, you're going to lose that person. Yeah, and you use a significant word, controlling, which makes the you know the hair on everybody's head just stand straight up on exactly. some level. <laughs> you know, I know for myself, um, I have a lot of friends that are retired, and you know, I'm in my late 60s, so I have a lot of friends that are retired, and you know, they do the typical ladies lunch and bridge and tennis and shopping and all that. I don't know. I think I really, for myself, I'm so dedicated to really helping people improve their lives on some level. I would feel like I had really failed if I live that kind of a lifestyle. And by the way, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because I think every once in a while, everybody does need, you know, that break. However, you have a gift of the being a writer and you've been writing for a long time. So I always feel that when you are in your creative self, you're also in your divine self. And when you're in your divine self, there's a lot of joy and not even satisfaction, but really happiness that does come from the soul, which is its natural state. So I know that you've been um, writing for a long time and you first started your writing, you self-published, right? Okay, so for those of you that are listening, we're going to shift the uh, relationship dynamic into the relationship of publishing a book. And everyone I know feels they've got a book inside of them somewhere. So this whole segment, we're going to talk about self-publishing, some of the positives, some of the drugs. We're going to look at pros and cons and everything. And then we're going to talk a little bit about going to a traditional publisher. Now, I have to tell you that I also self-published my first books. And I remember the first time that I held my first book, I thought, holy cow, I really am an author. So I was kind of proud of myself. So how did you feel when you felt held your first book in your hand? That's what it feels like. It's like you're, they talk about having the baby and you bring it into being so that other people can share it. It's an amazing feeling to hold your own print book. Yeah, so it is. those out there that are still writing, keep going. What you put into your words, know that it's going to reach several people out there that are reading it, not just one person. Mm-hmm. And so you did a lot of this yourself. I mean, you did the formatting, the uploading, the co- you even did the cover design, which is amazing. Um, you did them. I mean, you did everything. So for those people it's a control that issue. Oh, (laughs) why don't we just call it a management issue? There we go. (laughs) We're going to call it creative management. You were creatively managing your form of art, which was your first book. What was your first book about? I have the one that's out there that's for free is uh, motivational. I believe in the law of attraction. And if you stay positive thinking, do positive things. No, things are going to happen good for you. And that book is out there, Unleash Your Inner Strength. It's just okay. a short book, but it will help those that are maybe having a bad day, pick it up and read it. But well, This is wonderful. Where can they actually find that? That's a wonderful, um, we're going to talk about, online. okay, and then would that be course? at your website? Yes, on my website also. And you want to tell people where that website is? Um, DeannaJewel.com. Okay, so it's okay. So for those of you that are listening, it's D E A N N A J E W E L dot com backslash my dash books. Okay, so that's a great so that's wonderful, by the way. That's a lovely gift that you're giving to people. What was the fun of self publishing? Let's talk about the pros first. 
being able to get books out there for people and not having somebody say, no, this isn't in the genre we want or this isn't the type of book we're looking for. Self-publishing opened it up for people to put out there what they write, not in the particular genre of what a publisher wants. Mm-hmm. But it does have to be edited. And a lot of that is going by the wayside. People need to get your editing done, have a professional editor get it. Agreed. Yeah. So how did you move from a motivational book into the whole romance, time travel and reincarnation genre? How did that develop for you as a writer? I've always been a reader since my teens of romance. Mm. I enjoyed the historical authors that were out there and characters even way back were in my head. So I just put them into books onto pages and brought them to life. You know, for those of you that are listening that feel that you, that you have a book inside of you and you don't know what to do with it. I'm going to tell you the same thing that Deanna said, just start writing. And so for me, I know, um, in my last uh, book, I, I really made it sort of a job on some level. I'm not saying that you need to do that, but unplug your phones, get rid of all the distractions. What I always do is I light a candle, I sort of ring a little bell, I ask for the presence of the divine to speak through me. Let it be thy words that are heard. And it gives a lot of more uh, texture and richness that all of a sudden comes from nowhere. So it's pretty time consuming, don't you think, to self-publish? It is. Um, Just to be able to sit down and make yourself write and get it on paper. I have a hard time not editing while I'm writing, so that takes my (laughs) writing longer. I just need to write and edit later. Oh, that's interesting that you do that. I've never heard of that before. And so what do you think? So I have to say, we'd say, I guess we agree that the pros of being self-published is nobody's, you know, putting a noose around your neck. There are no management control issues <laughs> you're managing your time and your the creativity the creative flow yourself what do you think the drawbacks are though being self-published because i certainly know what my opinion is but i'd like to hear yours to i guess reach more people the traditional publishers have a larger area that they can get your book to more readers being self-published there is not as many places that you can know where to put your books. The other thing that I think people need to uh, be aware of is that my publisher told me that the, the, the major distribution houses, you know, it's really a whole business for those of you that want to write, go ahead and just start writing. But when you have a little downtime, do a little bit of research on how this really works. So if you really want more exposure and you want more people to read your books, first of all, I want to tell you one thing. Stop thinking from the get-go that this book is going to make you a mega millionaire. I'm not saying that you can't be successful, but again, we were talking about the law of attraction and intention. If your intention is to write, to become a millionaire, you do not have the conscious, no, really manifestation model out there that's going to serve your soul. Would Would you agree with that, Deanna? Exactly. Yeah. So here's the thing: in the traditional publishing world, books are distributed through distribution houses. Distribution houses stay away from self 
self-published books. As we can well imagine, there's millions and gazillions of them out there. It doesn't that they're not good and valuable. But you're not doing yourself a service on some level to go the full self-publishing route. It doesn't mean you can't sit and write and be creative and just let it flow out of you. But if you really want to hit a larger marketplace, if you want to get your books in bookstores, if you want to hit an international market, and it's possible that you have a story to tell that can, going to a traditional publisher who does have those relationships with the distribution houses is really the key to all of that. So when you are writing now, you are writing through uh, and being distributed through a traditional publisher. Is that correct? That's correct. How I did you make that decision? Publish. Um, a friend of mine owns the, a publishing company that I went with. Okay. She, I just want to say her personality is like a magnet. She pulls people to her. She's so friendly and helpful. But when I self-publish some of my books, it's because of a, a time restraint with my deadlines for publishing, I guess. When I self-publish, I set up a deadline for my own where with a traditional publisher, they have deadlines they also have to meet. And if you're going to be in their stable of authors, you have to meet their deadlines too. And sometimes that's hard with the books that I write. What's the challenge with that as far as the schedule, you mean? Yes, my time frame with writing. If I get called to the office more often, it's yeah. going to interfere and my job comes first. Yeah, well, you actually have two jobs. And so I'm I'm sure there's part of you that's, you know, I need to be here, I need to be there. And sometimes you can't be in two places at the same time. Did you ever um did you ever use the book called The Writer's Way as far as a template and laying out the content of your book? And for those of you that are listening, this is something it is a template. Particularly, it's a template if you want your book to become, a, you know, a movie or anything like that. And I'm not trying to shoot you up into the clouds of, of being unrealistic. But was did the writer's way as a tool affect your writing at all? Was it something that you used? I have to make myself do an outline because I usually just write by the seat of my pants. <laughs> but if you writing by an outline does make it easier to write because then you know where your your middle and your ending are and don't stop thinking that your book can't be a movie that's very true and the other thing is the reason i'm asking you this question about the writer's way is it's very clear than the writer's way that there's a hero there's a heroine uh there's a crisis there may be more than one crisis there's a solution of the crisis so you know it actually that outline flows very nicely. I would still do the writing first and then I would probably, you know, take a look at it or if you're working with an editor, which as Deanna was saying is really important. That's going to clean it up so that you do have that, that flow. Um, when you are doing your books, are you actually out there marketing and promoting or is your publisher doing that for you or how, what's that relationship like? And then we're going to take a quick break. Whether you're self-published or traditional, the author still has to do the majority of the advertising. I mean, she connects us with book signings and things and gets us out there, but the author still has to do a lot of the marketing. You have to get your readership in. I like mm -hmm. to talk to my readers at mm -hmm. the signings. It's fun. Yeah. 
But yes, the marketing is on our part. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash Xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free.
What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Hi, this is Johanna, and we are back, and we are continuing the conversation, the dialogue with divinity with our wonderful author of romance stories, everyone's favorite subject, love, with Deanna Jewell. Deanna, before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, setting the time aside. I think I've, I've talked to so many people that they've been writing for like 100 years, but they've never really actually done anything with it. So for those of you that are listening, I just want you to know writing for the sake of writing in any kind of a journal. First of all, it's very therapeutic on some level. So understand that the minute you put pen to paper or your hands on that computer, there is a form of a healing that's really happening. Deanna, when you started to write, was there any kind of significant thing going on in your life that really, did your writing get you through to another level? Was there a healing component for you? It did. I was having a lot of back issues, so I was down a lot and I couldn't get out. Writing was just the next step that went along with my reading. Do you feel that when you were doing your writing, I mean, I hate to sound ridiculous, but did your back, you know, your back metaphysically represents the things in the past that kind of follow you around. Did things improve for you? When you were in the creative space, like I always say, when you're in the creative space, you're in the divine space. What changed for you either in your life or your body, your mind, or your spirit? Writing helps take my mind off of what's going on in my body sometimes mm -hmm. because I just mm -hmm. get into the characters. Mm -hmm. So it does, it helps heal. Yes. And it, I wrote for eight or 10 years before I even got it published. That's interesting. I have I to tell that. you, my first book took me five years. My last book took me four months. <laughs> I, I'm obviously making progress on some level, yes. which is good. So it's a cathartic thing and you know i i love to read as well i i grew up with parents that were always reading something and you know i try i actually try to read about 40 books a year so there's two ways of looking at reading sometimes i feel like i'm observing the story and sometimes i feel like i'm actually in the story how do you draw the reader in so that they feel like they're walking right beside your character is there a trick that you're using I hopefully make my characters be able to have all readers relate to them on some level. They can't be perfect. They can't be, have a lot of inner scars that make them not a real character, but 
all readers should be able to connect with my characters on some level as they read through the stories. Well, I like the fact that, you know, first of all, I love the fact that it's historical romance, reincarnation and all of that. But what I really love more than anything about your books is they're relatable because you're not creating such a fantasy land that you're programming people to think the only kind of love that's really going to work is perfection. So there's some flaws in your characters, which I really, really like. In terms of your character development as you're going on and on, what is the repeated theme? I mean, there's a lot. There's reincarnation. We've known each other before. Is there a goal or um, is there a teaching to the story, I guess is what I'm saying? I think I have to go back to knowing that there's somebody else out there for you if you've lost a love before. Mm-hmm. Don't give don't give up. Just know don't it's not gonna happen if you always look for it either. It so one of the th- not looking. That's true. One of the things actually the last book that I wrote was called um the lost art of loving. And it was really it had nothing to do with other people, although on some level it it, it did. It had to do with self-love and yeah. understanding that you can't get, you know, it really is true. You, you can only receive love to the level vibrationally and energetically that you love yourself. So, in, and you've obviously been extremely successful in that with all the readers that are following you. When you, um, when you develop the story and not, you're making them powerful characters how are you presenting so that the reader can really re- relate to this, that this person is not perfect? What kinds of things are showing up? Flaws that they see in themselves, maybe. I don't, I'm, they've lost love before and have been distraught. Some have been depressed. But you have to go inside yourself and know you're the best you can be so that other people can see that. And I hope I bring that out through my characters. You know, I know that you do because first of all, what I really understand about the world of spirit and creation and the law of attraction is all about energy and the harmony of energy. So there is an aspect that like attracts like in the universe. And I'm not necessarily talking about you or your husband or your characters, but it's the wisdom and the information. And so we live in a very ascended age right now where people really are seeking a better way. If we look out in the world, it's very divisive energy. It can be very discouraging and there's a lot of fear. And so for you to be writing about love, which is our divine state of wholeness and really encouraging people to, it's not about finding the other person. It's about believing and having faith in yourself. Do you, do you feel that the reason you started writing was to help people have that awareness for themselves. You, you said not to give up hope and also to believe in themselves. Is that correct? Yes. There's a lot of people out there, maybe even in my own world, that I wish I could just shake them because things are not as bad as they're seeing. Mm. They need to know that they're going to, they have to look a positive. It's all in your self-attitude and knowing that you can do things. You can accomplish whatever you want to. Yeah, I also think in the United States, um, in such a large country, 
we need to have a little bit of a, a higher perspective or a different vision or version, if you will, of instead of looking at how bad our life is, look at the positive blessings that you really have. Particularly, we're coming into a very sensitive season, you know, the Christmas season. We have Hanukkah, we have Kwanzaa, we have the New Year around the corner. As people are walking into next year, which, by the way, in the Tibetan system is a 10-year, represents new beginning, how can you as individuals, whether it's through Deanna's books or you writing your own books for those of you that are listening or doing your own journaling, really take a deep dive into your soul and affirm for yourself 10 positive things that you are bringing into next year. So Deanna, what's coming out next for your books? I finished a Christmas story that we're going to promote for next season or for next year in 2017. Um, Just editing that made me cry several times, so I can't wait for it to get out there next year. What's the name of that book? I also have a sequel to that one. It is Jamie's Gift. Okay. And that will be out next Christmas. All right. And I'll have a sequel to that. I'm working on the sequel for Never Surrender so that the characters are in present time. Never Surrender was in the past. So I can't wait to get that finished. It's almost done. Great. And that's called Final Surrender, isn't it? Correct. Okay. Now, I know that you have a holiday package that you are offering for your readers or for those of you that have never read any of Deanna's books before. Can you tell everyone a little bit about your holiday package? That is No Turning Back and Whispers at Ghost Point. I didn't intend the characters in both books to be connected, but because of my reincarnation and second love in the romances, I made them the same people in the second story in different aspects. Right. So so, so you got a a continuation of the same story. So we want to thank Deanna Jewell. And for those of you that are listening, again, you can find all of her work and more information about what she's doing, including her special holiday package that she's offering as a last minute gift for people. It's a great idea at DeannaJewell.com. That's D-E-A-N-N-A-J-E-W-E-L.com. We really want to thank you. for. I mean, I, I love this whole concept of time travel, reincarnation, romance. It's like all the goodies rolled into one, one book or series of books. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we wish you great success. And you have to come back and tell us when you're getting ready to launch your next books. Love to have you again. Thank you so much, Johanna. I've had a great time today, and thank you, readers. Oh, anytime. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year, and many blessings on all of your creative work in the future. So we're going to say goodbye to Deanna, and let's take a few minutes just to remind you that you are listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And for those of you that would like to take a look at all our wonderful offerings that we have, all the time. You can find that at xzbn.net. We have a wonderful, wonderful family of hosts, highly creative, very talented, touch on lots of different subjects that are really going to warm your heart and soul. For myself, all of my work for the last 30 years and all the new things that I'm doing can be found at Johanna Carroll, that's C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. If you want to give yourself a real treat for the holidays and something to take a look at for next year and get your real your year really launching and running, I am doing a five-day 
spiritual retreat on the island of Maui. It's called Rise, and it's all about renewing in the sacred elements of earth, wind, fire. And I can't remember the last two, (laughs) water, everything that Maui has to offer you. So we're staying in a fabulous resort. I encourage you to check that out. If you ever thought you want to develop your intuition, check out my Get Psych training class. Also, want to wish you a vibrant, highly creative, divine connection for the holiday season. And as usual, I'm sending your heart a big hug. And I thank you so much for joining us on Dialogue with Divinity. And we will see you soon. Bye for now.